Welcome to Investment Moments with Momentum Investments, where we talk to investment professionals and financial experts about investments to provide you with better insights for the important discussions with your clients to help them achieve their goals. I'm Lynn Potgieter, Communication Specialist with Momentum Investments, and joining me is Sanisha Bakirisami. Senior Economist with Momentum Investments. Welcome, Ksenisha. Thanks so much, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining us. So, we are looking forward to hearing your thoughts about the top five things to look out for in 2022 when it comes to investments, savings and the economy. So, let's dive right in. What do you think is the first thing to look out for in 2022? Well, as exciting as 2021 was, Lean, I think going into 2022, we are going to see some of these factors evolving. So I think the number one thing to point out is that we are going to be seeing a significant unwinding of monetary and fiscal policy. Now, we know that both monetary and fiscal policy expanded in the last two years, and this has acted as quite a big pillar for that major rebound that we saw in economic growth globally. But since then, we've seen a massive inflation scare that has hit many economies on a global scale. And this has prompted talks of starting to unwind this ultra-accommodative monetary and fiscal policy stance. We know that part of this inflation surge has actually already been driven by higher than expected demand levels. And as a result, having more stringent policies in the monetary and fiscal space could actually try and clamp down on that excess demand. So going into 2022, we are probably going to see more central bank action taking place. Now, we know that the United States Federal Reserve has already spoken about starting their tapering process, which means that they're going to buy fewer and fewer of the assets that they have in the past. And that means that monetary policy is becoming less accommodative over time. So this has already commenced. And once that is over, we're expecting interest rates to actually start picking up. And that's likely going to take place in the second half of next year. Even if we go across to the United Kingdom, we are seeing massive inflation scares coming through in this economy. Part of it has been driven by a significant wage price spiral. And that wage price spiral is expected to feed through into higher levels of inflation. Now, we call, or our London colleagues like to call the Bank of England governor the unreliable boyfriend because most people were expecting an interest rate increase to come through already in November and that didn't materialize. But we do expect that uh, Britain needs to start looking at raising interest rates over the course of the next few months in order to combat rising inflation and this threat from a potential wage price spiral. Over in economies like Japan and the Eurozone, they are almost at the opposite end of the spectrum. They are still facing very weak trend growth, very low levels of inflation, and as a result, we don't expect any interest rate increases anytime soon. And then bringing it back home, of course, you know, in South Africa, we already saw our first interest rate increase in three years, and we are expecting the Reserve Bank to slowly unwind very accommodative policy. So that's really the number one thing I'd point out. You know, going into some other topics, we are looking out for the U.S. midterm elections that are going to take place in November of next year. That's in the United States. 
And as the Wall Street Journal points out, there are three things that are going to probably highlight the importance of the midterm election outcomes. And these three things are inflation, immigration, and identity politics. So, I mean, broadly speaking on inflation, just under half of American households, according to a Gallup survey, have reported that these price increases have been negatively affecting their standard of living. And we all know what's happened with the cost of heating, as an example. In terms of immigration, we know that Americans are extremely split on their views of immigration. Roughly speaking, a third want immigration to increase, a third want immigration to stay constant, and a third want immigration to actually fall. And then the third factor is identity politics, and this has played out in many other midterm elections in the past, but essentially it speaks about unequal situations of the black Americans in America. But wider than just the racial attitudes is also the gender debate, the ethnicity debate, and social class debate. If we look at the data today, you know, Democrats would probably lose control of the House and the majority in the Senate would probably be compromised given the low levels of popularity of President Joe Biden at present. And so I think quite a lot will then play out over the course of 2022 in terms of these three factors, the inflation, the immigration, and the views on the racial attitudes that will then determine the outcome of the midterm elections taking place in the U.S., uh, the third important thing is really through the United Kingdom and the potential for them to trigger what we call the Article 16 of the Northern Ireland Protocol. So going back into the Brexit negotiation, there was a withdrawal agreement set up between the United Kingdom and the European Union. And within that withdrawal agreement, they had a couple of safeguards in place. These safeguards allow them to sidestep if there are any things like obstructions to trade flow, which is what Britain is trying to prove now with Northern Ireland. If they can manage to suspend these checks at the border to allow for more freely traded goods, that will be a benefit to Britain. This is not necessarily something that the European Union wants. Now, this in itself is not so bad for markets. But what the real fear coming through from this is, is what happens if the UK actually wants to dump the role of the European Court of Justice in the arbitration process? Or what happens if the EU wants to suspend the current trade agreement? We think that these elements could incite further market volatility. I think the fourth thing to watch out for is really from the emerging market aspect. And this is essentially the 20th Communist Party Congress in China. This is essentially a big shakeup of leadership. We know that Xi Jinping, the current president in China, has already reached retirement age, but we do know that presidential term limits were actually removed back in 2018. Now, we've already seen, you know, massive read-through for business coming through from some of the changes taking place in China. We think that some of the winners in next year could potentially be any international firms that can offer some leverage from a techno technological basis. But we do see further tighter regulations for many American and European firms that are operating in China. We've already seen a massive crackdown on China's own domestic firms like Alibaba, who essentially just became too big for government to control. But we are likely to see a further crackdown on more Western brands in China and more tighter limits being put on the private sector in China. 
If we look further out of China, we could see some renewed interest taking place in Hong Kong, as an example, really just to crack down on the political autonomy taking place there. Now, what this means is that if there is a managed slowdown taking place in China, we would expect lower growth, lower imports and lower commodity prices to take place, but in a managed type of form. However, if this managed slowdown happens at a more progressive pace and gets out of control, this could have very negative repercussions for growth in China, but also growth in the globe. And then maybe just to bring it back home, you know, the one thing that we're looking out for, the fifth thing for 2022 in South Africa, I think the big headline here will be the elective conference for the ruling party, the African National Congress or the ANC. And this is really to elect the ANC's national leadership. I think what counts for our current incumbent president, Cyril Ramaphosa, is that he tends to poll higher than his own party in major public opinion polls. Um, you know, at the beginning part of the year, there was quite a lot of support that was showed up for Cyril Ramaphosa, given the uh, rebound in the economy and the initial handling of the COVID-19 crisis. But then a number of things also acted against him in the latter part of the year, such as the poor election results that came through in early November, the social protest that took place in July. And so this will be quite interesting in determining the way forward for the political arena in South Africa come the um, time of the elective conference in December next year. Thank you, Sinesha. Thank you for that. Um, it, it sounds quite like a, a, something good to look forward to in 2022. And as a very curious person, I would like to know what was the most surprising thing about 2021 for you specifically? I think the speed and the extent of the recovery. So I think we didn't really anticipate as much of a monetary policy and a fiscal policy response to come through. If you think about it, this was the strongest post-war recovery that we saw. And it took place, you know, post the most uh, devastating growth pattern that we saw in the year prior to that. Now, we have had additional COVID-19 waves, such as Delta and more recently Omicron, that have come through. But the strong response that we saw from central banks and governments has actually managed to shore up growth quite significantly. And I think what we didn't expect at the beginning of the year was the stop-start profile in growth that we are experiencing given these additional waves of COVID-19. But thankfully, we've seen governments coming to the party and central banks coming to the party, and they have actually managed to shore up economic activity, even though we've had these COVID-19 waves coming about. Thank you, Sunisha. And then for the last question, what can we get excited about in 2022? I think looking you know, into 2022, we are going to start moving into a world that is a bit more normalized, but with the hat of COVID on. So I think we have to recognize that we are now living with COVID-19 as an endemic illness, rather than trying to combat this initial pandemic of COVID-19. And this means that it could be a bit of a tricky year to navigate. I think it's the first year since the pandemic that we are not going to see as much support from both fiscal and monetary authorities. So it's going to be quite an exciting year to see markets and economies playing out. Thank you, Sunisha. Thank you so much for joining us. And may your 22 and the 2022 of financial advisors be filled with pleasant surprises. Thank you. Thanks so much, Neen. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. 